Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. It is Thursday afternoon, roughly between the hours of 12 and 2. Thusly, here we are once again. <laughs> Checking out the chat, it appears it's just me and G. So is anyone else coming to the show today? It's always a no! Yeah, I didn't think so. That's cool. In case you're wondering, I came in early to actually get my always a no button back. And uh, it worked, actually, which is unusual, because normally it's, uh... It's always a no! Yeah, man, Jimmy getting it right again. <laughs> We're going to talk about the uh, show this past Friday night, and what a, just a fantastic job uh, Craving did, and some of the other performers as well, right? We're going to get to all that? It's always a no! Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wonder if I should just combine those two sounds now and just save myself the trouble. So how's everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? All right. It's Thursday. Thursday, it's officially in the summer. It is uh, officially July. July 14th. Did I say Thursday? It's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's July 14th. And uh, summer is definitely kicking in. I actually spent most of yesterday saying uh, and scheduling appointments. Yesterday and... Wait. Today's Thursday. So Tuesday and Wednesday saying uh, yes and scheduling appointments for for most of July because July is like my quietest month if you can believe that um, so I was just making some appointments and that was that was really good it felt really good to actually say yes to a bunch of things like I've had I have some meetings that I had to schedule for sure uh, but I've got you know a hang or two that I've wanted to get to uh, for quite a while and also uh, I've been asked to be I've been uh, Jackie Raven who runs the um, runs her own show here on New Regal Radio has been asking me and I feel horrible because she's she's great she's just a great person she's a great DJ she's a great host and I love being on her show and she's asked me probably no less than 755,000 times to do another interview and I've just been way too busy so she asked me yesterday and I was like yeah absolutely I can totally do this let's schedule it right now in July and we did so I'm going to be on her show at the end of July which is great and it was funny. I was like, "How much, you know, how much time do you want to schedule?" And she was like, oh, "I don't know, like maybe fifteen minutes." And I just laughed. I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Jackie and I will do fifteen minutes before we even get to the interview. Like, it's not even. It's gonna be like, it's like and DJ's on, and then like, oh, no, that's fifteen minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'll be yeah, it'll be good times. But I'll let you know when that's gonna air uh, on Jackie's show, which is. Uh, later today, right? It's uh, Thursdays. It's after my show. Not directly. It's, uh, I believe it's us. I believe it's the box. Then uh, getting squatchy. Squatchy. Uh, and then I think Jackie's show is after that. Uh, I, I should know this, but I'm really just... It's been a morning, man. I've been <laughs> I've been fighting all morning uh, in, in corporate America, which is just... It is just so bananas how bad corporate America really is. And I forgot. Well, you know what? I take that back. I didn't even forget. I just, I stepped outside of corporate America for a very long time. So I didn't, I didn't really have to bother. I kind of just did my own thing. And now, 
I haven't jumped fully back in, but I've got at least a, uh, a toe uh, up to my knee in uh, for for uh, for. Wait, I'm being distracted by the by the chat. I want to be interviewed. Uh, wait, you on her? Yeah, yeah. No, we'll have. Gee, we'll have you on. Uh, actually, we'll probably we'll probably interview you after you move. Like that'll actually make even more sense. Uh, and then because uh, I think we could do like an in depth, like what it looks like when. Uh, G moves like we should do a uh, like a movie of that. Like I'd watch that. I mean, I wouldn't watch all of it. I'd honestly, I'd watch the trailer. For that. <laughs> but maybe uh, I'm gonna start interviews back up probably in like August. I actually talked to um, Arlene over at uh, WTF Promotion, and I owe Tori a message back to um, she did that. I've really been. I really like I said. Like I've really been. This has probably been the busiest I've ever been in. Like, that I can recall. Like, the busiest speaking for a couple reasons. One, I have too much to do. I have too much complicated stuff to do. And I'm just, like, I've been saying it for weeks. Like, I feel like I'm just kind of slowing down a little bit. And a lot of it's motivational, right? Like, if you just don't want to do the stuff you don't want to do, then, you know, it's, it's harder to get stuff done. Like, you know, you're way more motivated to, like, go get a cup of coffee than you are for, like, hey, I'm going to go paint the living room. Like, I, I mean, I am. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. I can barely speak for myself, but I know, I know that... Uh, that's that's kind of that. So let's do a little bit of housekeeping, shall we? Um, a, oh, there's a new episode of the Top 20 out. Uh, that's from last week. And the uh, descriptor on that is this week. DJ wants you to know the real facts about why we won the War of Independence and the succeeding actions of the thinking class, right? So it's talking about all those stupid posts like, you know, the only reason we're celebrating today is because we were armed. Not true. And stupidly not true. By the way, like, I've seen some outlandish shit. I actually commented on something, and I just, just told myself I was going to stop doing that. But, like, the, I just, like... Yeah, all right. So, you might start seeing this, and the... By the way, just honestly, stay off Facebook. It is such a cesspool of right-wing and just stupidity, like, nonsense at this point. Like, maybe all the liberals just don't, like, friend me, because I just... I don't see as much, but as far as I'm aware, most liberals that I kind of associate with, like, just aren't on anymore like they just they just don't go on facebook and they're definitely following like my kind of path like they're just they're, they can't be bothered or they just unfriend everybody and maybe i get caught up in that i don't know i don't know but the last one i saw was just like the most disingenuous and i called it out for being disingenuous because it was just ridiculous because uh somebody had posted somebody who i talked to regularly and used to have some respect for actually said like posted like a fox news thing that fox news is complaining about how these rapid because gas prices are coming down right like it's it's exactly what everybody said like you know supply would come in demand would go down and gas prices fall it's exactly what everybody predicted was going to happen um so i mean it's going to go probably going to spike again a little bit in the summer because it's the heavy travel time but it'll start coming down but they're so they're coming down very rapidly and fox news is actually complaining about how bad this is for small gas station companies because they have to buy it for like four dollars they don't really but let's say they have to buy it for like four dollars a gallon on monday and then it drops 50 cents now it's only worth 350 on on tuesday like yeah, man, that happens, but most people build in stuff like that, and they also have something called forecasting, which if you're making those kinds of mistakes, you really shouldn't be in business. But here's the disingenuous part, and this is the part that actually made me comment, because you know what happens like on the other side of that? You know what happens with rapidly rising gas prices? Let's see if we can all figure that out for a second. I'll wait. Okay. Now remember, when rapidly decreasing prices, people are saying that like, okay, well, I paid too much for gas on this day, but now it's worth this, so I have to sell it. First of all, you don't have to sell it cheaper. You can just keep it high until you run out if you want. You know, a lot of a lot of places do that. But 
On the other side of it, let's say it was three fifty on Monday, and now you bought three, you know, a million gallons at three dollars and fifty cents. But now gas prices are four dollars. You know what you do? You charge four dollars on those rapidly inflating gas prices. It was the most ridiculous post from somebody again. Like he's kind of like a libertarian, so I'm interested in what he has to say. But like when you just say such stupid, stupid stuff and half the information, like and try and like persuade us, like this is exactly what the Republican noise machine does. It's why it's called the Republican noise machine. Like they just scream these half facts and half truths. It's like literally like that whole thing. And my cousin Vinny is like, well, your case is this thin, but. You know, they'll show it to you like this, but if they show it to you in the right way, like, you'll see just how thin it is, and I can't do it. Great thing to do. Okay. I'll probably sit on the playing card. But anyway, I suck, and my metaphors suck, too. So, But it was just so ridiculous, and I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, what? Like, you know better than this. Like, this is not even, like, me being smart. This is me being, like, dirt. Like, what do you think happened on the other side of the mountain, dummy? But... No one wants to listen to me. Also on that, uh, also on last week's show, the DMV of Dante's Inferno. Tony spending a lot of time bending down. How to get your dog in the car? Road trip, uh, great roundup trip to Wyoming. Ball team Fiona. Also uh, this week, the full interview with Tyler from Mystery Schools on Bacon is My Podcast, uh, as opposed to on my show because I'm not doing interviews right now. The Forever King Calling Band, which I've never heard of, and The Gun Show. Uh, those are the seven questions from So What Fest, so check that. Yeah, they're still milking that So What Fest. Like, Bacon is My Podcast, like, they are the Costco of interviews from the So What Fest. That's what I'm doing. Did you guys have a good time down there? Nah, I don't think that's true. I think you probably had a good time. Did you guys get enough interviews? Yeah, that could be. (laughs) Uh, Where is everyone today? I feel like the chat is very empty. I mean, G's here, and I'm here. But other than that, the chat seems empty. 99WNRR, I guess everyone's on summer vacation. I actually sent an email to a company... My earbuds, my earplugs, sorry, not buds, my earplugs that I wear on stage now in the minuendos, which I love, by the way. Uh, they're a Norwegian company, and I've been having problems with, like, the magnetic strip came off of one of them, and the replacement just broke. It broke uh, Saturday at the Queen's Rock Fest, which was a hell of a lot of fun, and thank you, everybody, that came out to that. That was cool. I definitely appreciate you. Um, excuse me for being gross. Um... Oh, yeah, so they broke again. So I sent the CEO an email because I actually have his contact email. Like, that's the kind of company they are. And it was great because he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's like, it's definitely covered. You know, if you want to, you know, if you just want your money back, I can facilitate that too. But the, in his signature, it's like, it's so awesome. Like, Europe is so much better than us, like, by a lot. Um, so in his signature, it's like, uh, July is vacation season in Norway and for me also. So I'll be slow getting back on emails. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, I like that Europe takes, like, July and August. Like, I guess, like, Scandinavia takes off July and, like, France takes off August. Because I, I've never been to France. I've never been to Europe. Um, but I, you know, like, it's, you know, famously, like, people just scatter in the summer, right? Because they just take, like, nine weeks of vacation because they're European and they value, like, fun and leisure as opposed to hard work, like, uh, or not hard work, but just work like we do. Um, wouldn't you rather work than, like, just go on vacation? It's always a no! Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> Well, now that people are showing up in the chat, it's time to end the show. All right, well, thank you, everybody. I guess we'll do this again next week. Kidding, kidding. 
sorry I was working. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? We're talking about vacations, damn it. Can't come in here with working nom de plumes. Right? Yeah, I gotta figure out how to keep that on here. I don't know how to do that, but I'll figure it out. At least I have the bed this time. That's that's how cool I am. Um, so what is it gonna be? Oh, yeah. But it's so funny. So, like, I got that response back, actually, from that dude. But the the American company, the American distributor, has yet to actually respond. Like, like, the CEO of this small company in Norway has responded to my information. And I didn't even request anything from him. I was just letting him know. And I sent him a picture, like, hey, man, this thing just fell apart, like, in my ear. So, uh, And then Soundbrenner has just decided to basically just not even bother answering my request so now i'm at the stage because i sent it to him sunday which i understand doesn't really count so i waited till wednesday like 48 hours that's fine hey i didn't get a response so now i'm just doing it every day like hey another day has gone by another response not gotten like are you gonna uh you gonna take care of this problem it's always a no. right that's the sam brunner models the american way right there. Like seriously, like what what slogan should we go with? Make make America great again? Probably not. You know what the American slogan should be? It's always a no. Yeah, man. And I think I got it. I think I know a guy. We can get a deal on the rights for that. But um, uh, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Probably something important. I've been fighting with corporate America all morning. Covered that. Uh, it's not that I'm unprepared. I'm just, you know, not totally prepared. And that's okay. Uh, something. This is a good use of our time, isn't it? It's always a no! <laughs> I'm gonna get it done. Alright, so, um... So, yeah. So, it was funny. Um, I was saying that we had back-to-back shows, um this past weekend and then we were going to take a little bit of a break and it was so funny because I guess it was like Tuesday morning I got offered another show and I'm like really should take this show and I'm like no you said you weren't going to take this show don't take this show you know what you know what your motto should be it's always a no shouldn't always be a no but it's sometimes a no sometimes yeah yeah everybody (laughs) I'm going to have to Jimmy, get on that. You got a sometimes, sometimes a note coming up. Like, what's what's the what are we doing? Does it, does, does it sound good? Unplugged. Like, I need sometimes a note. It's always a no. All right, I'll work on that. In my free time. Um, but uh, uh, so yeah, so we turned it down. It was actually it was it was a dumb deal for us, uh, or it didn't make sense for us to do it. Like, it wasn't fun. wasn't going to make us any money, and it wasn't going to make us any fans. So uh, one, two, three. That's equal. It's always a no. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I do want to take a minute uh, to, to talk about the show. They were fun. Like the Queens Rock Fest was actually a lot of fun, and, and it, it wasn't better than I thought initially. It was worse than I initially expected, mainly because Aaron and Reality Suite dropped out, which sucks for us for a couple of reasons. Um, but it was better than I was expecting after they dropped out. 
And I will say that I was impressed with our ability to pull in a like virgin wild audience and hold them. Like that was that was awesome. That reminds me of like the old days, like when we used to do like great adventure and like you know corn mazes and stuff like that. And we would just bring people in because it was like fun to watch and, and listen and stuff like that. And I and I forget a lot of times like what what Rebel Nine really is good at. Like, and it's not like we're no party band. We've never been a party band. I'm. Super, super grateful to have songs like San Jose and Another Mistake and even like Steven Seagal where people like to move to them. Like, those are good. Like, I think in the newer batch, Side Out might actually be kind of in that same vein. But Side Out's not fun, man. Side Out, like, the, the whole the whole thing behind Side Out, because the, the whole, lyrically, the whole story behind it is really just, it's, it's, because it's a volleyball term if you want to look it up. But it's not, it's about, it's about not winning or losing. Uh, it's about maintaining control and kind of just stopping losing, <laughs> right? So it's about kind of, it's not necessarily power. It's just, it's really like the ability to have, uh, the ability to have enough control to stop what's happening. And that's, that's why, uh, like that song is never going to be like super fun. <laughs> like, if you're singing that song and you're having a good time, like, God bless you, because that is not, <laughs> that's like, like, if you're just, like, getting ready for a party and you're singing Keep You Near and just, like, laughing and smiling, like, you are not getting the, the message and that's, and that's fine. If you want to be completely blissfully uh, oblivious to, like, what the songs are about, like, God bless, everybody bless you, like, you know, uh, Allah, like, everybody, like, that is a great gift if you you're like, you know, brushing your teeth. You're like, yeah, don't hang on. Yeah, ooh, I'm going out tonight. Like, all right. <laughs> like, whatever it takes. But San Jose, I always thought, was a little bit more fun, even though it's a terrible, terrible song. Same with another mistake, but you didn't hear that from me, right? Can you write any happy songs, DJ? It's always a no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the thing that Rebel 9 really has always been good at is that we are definitely a sit and listen. Like, I guess we would be, like, album rock, right? Like, if it were the 70s, like, we're going to get high and listen to Rebel 9. Like, that would track. Like, that... <laughs> I'm going to head into my friend's older brother's basement. We're going to drop some acid. We're going to listen to Do No Harm. Yeah, I could totally, totally see that. It's not, like... We are not the band where like seven girls put their shoes in a circle and they dance around it. Like that's not that's not our band. It's funny when we were doing the uh, Diaries live and we had uh, Sam Pollitt open for us. It was like like I didn't even realize it till she <laughs> she was on stage singing. I was like, oh yeah, it's like two bands trying to out depress each other. It's like all right, yeah, it's, I don't know why everybody leaves so sad. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people would leave a Sam Pollitt Rebel 9 show and be like, whew, at least I'm not those guys. Like, way better. <laughs> but it was fun. And uh, it was so great on uh, Friday night. It was a really nice show. Um, it was a really nice show to be a part of. There was, there was definitely some uh, failures on the Rebel 9 part. And it's just, you know, they're kind of internal things that I'm going to have to address and deal with. And you know, it didn't go completely to our liking and stuff like that. But that that just that's what happens. And maybe we'll talk about some of that during the show. But like for the most part, it was really it was really nice to be back in those kind of like sandbox scene shows and stuff like that. Like yeah, I know we just 
know, good jazz, but our, you know, we had the one at Village Pub, but it was very similar in nature. Probably even more so in the sense that it was like, you know, just us and, you know, all that other stuff, but like, you know, um, how many times can I say you know? Probably a lot. Uh, but it was good. Like, G, G I, I got to hand it to G. I think she did a fantastic job. It's very hard to open a show anyway, uh, but she did a fantastic job. But she also did, like, a really good job, like, for her. And that's not a slam. It's a it's a mark of um, kind of improvement over, you know, your your training. Like, I wouldn't say, she, you know, as a Padawan, she's probably not ready for the, the trials. But, I mean, like, she's, she's getting there. She's... She wrote material and like I actually was talking to Noodle about it because Noodle was like, you know, I told her like she should have something like that, you know, it's kind of like a rager, you know, like get people moving. And I'm like, yeah, that's not really what she writes about. Like, and that's not how that stuff comes across. And that never plays super well acoustically anyway. But like, okay, I mean, I suppose that's really good advice coming from a drummer of a mediocre rock band that never wrote a song in his life. I mean, maybe that's good, but I would just argue to kind of, kind of keep sticking with what works for you, and if you happen to have something that you can kind of turn into something, then do that. Um, but I thought it was i thought it was really well done. Like I said, it's very difficult to open a show anyway, uh, but it was fun and nice to see like so many people there, specifically the supporter. I know that Joey from uh, from Neon Skyline just like looked me dead in the face. He's like, I want you to know, like, I'm here to support G. <laughs> which, which I thought was fantastic. It's like, yeah, man, of course. But yeah, you're still going to be here when we play. And of course, you're going to be here with, when Craving plays. But Joey's just so, I don't even know what the word is. Because any other word I'm thinking of is like mean, and it's not mean at all. Like, he's just like, because I want to use like obnoxious, but like, he's obnoxiously funny. Like, is that. Is Phenoxious? <laughs> Phenoxy? <laughs> like, is that kind of where it was just, it was just so adamant. It's like, I'm only here to support G. <laughs> it's like, of course you are. Like, I should have been like, yeah, I'm only here for the same reason. But, uh, just, you know, that kind of support is super nice. And it's actually something that you just don't see all that often. So it's really nice when you do see it. So I thought that was great. Uh, and also, um, to be perfectly honest, I think that might have been one of the best Craving Strange performances I have seen. I was going to put a time on it, and I think I said something to, to to Jimmy and Frank about it. And I remember thinking, I like like a timeline, like the, in years and months or whatever. And like, and I just figured, I, I thought the sentence just ended there. I think it was one of the best Craving Strange performances uh, I had seen. Uh, and and end of sentence, like it was just, it was really good. Jimmy has an amazing ability to command a room sometimes, and I mean most times, but like this particular time, it was like, oh yes, sir, you know, like, <laughs> like, yes, sir, may I have another? It was, it was just great to see, and just like walking the audience through the show. Like, I just, I love when you see that. It was, it was very reminiscent of you know when I've seen like like Bono has done stuff like that, and I don't you know. Don't mean to imply that Jimmy's any more Irish than the rest of us, and it certainly, you know, he's a little more down to earth than that dude. But it felt like a very Sunday Bloody Sunday kind of moment when they were doing uh, "Say It All," which is the perfect song for that sort of moment, by the way. And I think they just fucking nailed it because a) they're a pro level band, b) they wanted to just do a good show. Clearly, it seemed like they were all firing on all four cylinders, which. As I've said for 20 years, for a band to actually put something that moves the needle forward, 
Like, there are so many bands out there. Like, there just are. Like, that room was filled with bands, by the way. Like, just filled. And some good ones. Some quite good bands uh, in there. And to move the needle forward, like, if if you want to stand apart from the crowd, like, y- your band has to be firing on all the cylinders it has. And it just... Sometimes it's just great. The sound was good. The stage was good. The band was tight. And like I said, like, Jimmy just... Let us through like a fucking cruise director on the love boat. Yeah, like Julie. Julie G. I did have words with Jimmy's mom outside. Because she keeps telling me how Craving's her favorite band, and I keep calling claims of bias, which I think I am completely justified in. I'm not saying I have a better band than Jimmy. I'm just saying, like, you know, if we can't even discuss it because we're related and we're not related, like, that just seems a little disingenuous. But whatever. I think it was Willie's birthday either yesterday or today, so wherever you are, Willie, happy birthday to you. It is always very wonderful to see you. And truly one of the greatest things about you is just how much you love your kid. And, like, God damn it, that's awesome to see. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody loves Jimmy's mom. <laughs> like, it's not, I, I don't know anybody that's ever been like, ugh, fucking Willie. Like... <laughs> I've never met a single soul like uh, Jimmy's mom again. Like <laughs> nobody. Now my mom. Let's. <laughs> a kid. A kid mom that I haven't spoken to in 15 years. <laughs> Craving's probably my mom's favorite band too. <laughs> I gotta stop talking. I got some music for y'all. Y'all! So I've been fighting with people down south, so it's y'all. Y'all. All y'all. Plural of y'all. Like, it's it's you, y'all, and all y'all. Like, hey, all y'all. Like, let's start a riot. That's as good of a segue as, as y'all's gonna get. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. I may have just had the most G interaction I've ever had with G, actually. I want to talk about that song first. Like, what, you know what sucks about that song, Warp and Red Hot Chili Peppers? It's my favorite Chili Pepper song, by a lot. <laughs> and the reason it's my favorite is because it's the least Chili Peppers Chili Pepper song that there is. Because it was the one record they did with Dave Navarro, One Hot Minute, which instantly made them a much better band. Because Dave Navarro is one of the greatest songwriters and guitar players, in my opinion, in that entire genre. And he stopped by basically to make the Chili Peppers good for like one record, and then then and then it didn't work out, so they left. But oh well. But it's uh, it's always been like my favorite. Um, Song. Thank you, Dave Navarro, wherever you are. Uh, so back to this G thing. So G sends me a joke, arguably one of the dumber jokes. She, now, to be fair, she prefaced it, prefaced it as such, uh, and then proceeded to get mad at me because I actually got it. <laughs> so she says, and yes, the G, I'm, I'm totally stealing your joke. I have the dumbest death joke for you. What language do billboards speak? I'll give you a few seconds. What language do billboards speak? Da, na, na, na. Yeah, that's enough. So I said, sign. They speak sign language. It's a sign, sign language. Right? I didn't even use... I didn't even get into the triple digit of my IQ to figure that out. And then she goes, damn it. You're supposed to pretend you, you don't know. Well, first of all, she said, you're supposed to pretend you do know, so I feel good about myself. But she says, you're supposed to pretend... She means you're supposed to pretend you don't know. <laughs> so, I feel good. so, 
Sorry, G. I don't know. What language do billboards speak? It's always a no. Nah, that's probably not it. <laughs> Please show yourself out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we encourage that kind of stuff around here. We are all inclusive. I mean, you know, we don't like racists and bigots and anybody weird, booger eaters or anything like that, but we're inclusive other than that. We also don't like, like, self-important, obnoxious, you know, band, bands. But we'll get to that later. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of obnoxious and pretentious bands and their setups and managers and parents, uh, I saw just a very cool thing. It just struck me as, like, the absolute heart of like what we do here <laughs> it was very cool i follow i follow pete loffler who is the uh singer guitar player and basically driving ports behind chevelle he's one of the few celebrities uh that i actually follow on uh instagram because i find him interesting um and he's in one of my favorite bands and uh he posted a picture of him and his wife because they were at the rage against the machine show and they were like fucking let's go rage against the machine i was like that's fucking awesome Pete Loeffler. God damn it. You're, you're, you're wonderful. And I bet you smell fantastic. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Incredibly talented Liz Fair. Probably one of my favorite lyrical lines that she's ever, and maybe anybody has ever uttered, actually. The, it's like the end of like the first verse, and she's like, well, but when you said that I wasn't worth talking to, I guess I have to take your word on that. So great. Well, let's jump over from the divorce song to Yeah, I Like You, that new thing from the Goo Goo Dolls that's been stuck in my head all goddamn week. Hope it's been in yours. Maybe it will be now. It's definitely in your ear holes. Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Oh, man. I'm getting so irritated. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So much bullshit about Friday Night Show. Like, just this, this whole... Mickey Licks thing in the middle, and like it just who's up front for who and who's up front for no. Honestly, like I, it was actually funny. Um, it's it's a super common issue, right? Like people are always like worried about like what's up front. Like you know, it was funny at our show on Saturday in Queens. There were benches because it's an actual amphitheater. It was also really hot and steamy. And when we went to play side out, I was like, this is normally where I tell people to get up and move, but it's hot, so just stay right where you are. <laughs> it's like, you know, click your fingers if you, <laughs> if you want. But there is a certain art that bands have to learn to, like, you know, come on up stage. Like, and we do it, and we do it jokingly, because honestly, there is nothing more embarrassing than actually having to ask somebody to like you. Do you know what I mean? Which is, like, exactly what that is. I feel like I spent my entire childhood living in that space so it's not unfamiliar it's just not you know comfortable and stuff like that and i've had to for years ask people to come to the front of the stage uh, my entire career uh with the exception of really g <laughs> i usually have to ask an entire audience or an entire room to come to the front of the stage and uh so it's just it's funny that like people are going to be complaining about like who's in front of the stage for who like let's also be very clear about like my take on that i am very rarely up front for anything before i play in fact i try and hide out as much as possible i don't have the strongest voice and in case you like are 
completely blind, I'm not also in the best shape either. So I am struggling to give the best vocal performance I can. And I'll do it right now. I'll apologize to absolutely everybody in the room. And I actually meant to put a post about this because I was not talking to a lot of people, specifically people I did not talk to for very long, if at all, like a Phil from Crash Transit was there, and I basically just tapped on his shoulder and I walked right by him. Uh, Mark Weiss, uh, I don't know if he's still Cravings Man, but he's of the Cravings Strange camp, who I like a lot. Um, we don't agree politically a lot of times, but like I like Mark a lot, and I would normally have talked to him a little bit more. And other people, like even Mickey and Carly, formerly of the Midnight Mob, were down, and I just didn't get a chance to talk to them because I was really, really worried about the show the next day. For someone like me that just can't seem to shut the fuck up on occasion, the absolute worst thing I can do to my voice is talk after a set. I didn't drink at all that night, so I didn't have that particular problem. So at least I had the wherewithal to try and be quiet, but I tried to be outside and not back as much as possible so I could talk a little bit lower because talking over music is next to impossible. And lots of people want to talk to me, and I'm grateful that they do. Like, it's not, this is not a brag thing. Like, a lot of it's business. Like, what about this? What are we doing here? Like, I know I had to talk to Dave at one point because. Mickey Licks just wasn't going on stage at the time they were supposed to go on, and nobody had said anything. I asked Jimmy if he had heard anything. So then I found Dave, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, no, Kevin asked him to to stretch, you know, to, to go on a little bit later and wait for people to get here, which is like, okay, but you need to tell all the other bands. Actually, then Dave did, like, the most fucked up thing, like, he could have done to me, because he was like, he's like, uh, I'm like, oh, so everybody's just pushing back. Uh, you know, like 15 minutes, and he's like, no, well, Frank wants to get on by 10. I'm like, well, I don't really give a shit. Like, at that point, like, it depends on when that dude gets off stage. Like, you're squeezing my set? Like, no, that's not going to happen. We ended up playing short so we could kind of get things back on schedule and stuff like that because I knew Craving would play long because I've met those guys. <laughs> and Jimmy, do you guys ever do, like, just a hot 30-minute set? It's always a no! Yeah, man, I know that. <laughs> And also, if you want to run a show a little bit later, like, how about don't start the opening act at 7.15? I'm just like, you know, these are not novel concepts. I didn't just walk in there with the first wheel and say, you know what? I think the earth goes around the sun. Like, this is just basically how that works. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I so that. So, like, I had to do some talking and stuff like that. And I was definitely hoarse the next morning because I can't do no talking, which just sucks. Um but whatever. I mean, I mean, I understand why singers uh, just like they sing and then they get right back on, you know, the buses. It's why you would never see like Blackie or anything at a show, uh, like because she'd come in to sing and then she'd just leave, right? Like that same thing. I'm I live in awe that Jimmy can be there before a show and after a show and talk. Sometimes he'll do a show after, like he would work a shift as a bartender. I'm like, what exactly is that? And, you know, and I think it basically just comes down to the fact that he does like, you know, three sets of warm ups every single day. He's a professional and has a really good voice, and uh, I'm not. So, <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't know if you're going. That would be my guess. But, uh, something. Uh, oh, so yeah. So the thing about like coming, you know, bringing people up to the stage, and I guess, I guess Alicia was like upset that nobody was up front for Mickey Lex. Like, well, dude, we don't know the dude. Like, we don't know him. And he hasn't done anything to like ingratiate himself. Like, I'm not going to just go upstairs. And to be perfectly honest, if we're going to fucking do this now, like, he wasn't playing anything that was at all fucking impressive. In fact, I would argue that half of his set, if not more, was written and performed before half of the audience was even fucking alive. Like, how into it are you going to get when some 17, 18 year old kid is playing Eruption? Dude, that's 1970 fucking seven. Like, how fucking stoked are you going to get? 
Anyway, I'm still mad about a bunch of things, including the fact that I thought it was an original night we were bringing to 89 North, but apparently we're bringing Van Halen 1 and some shitty rat tracks. But, like, I guess... What do I know? What do I know? All I know is I had to follow it. And then I had to ask people to come inside, right? Because they weren't even inside. Because that's how awesome and attractive that set was. But yes, I made them step forward right after our first two songs. Because that's my first vocal break. Uh, right after Easy, we played Blue and we played Easy. And then I asked everybody to come forward. And it was actually really funny because Robin, who was there taking pictures, because she works also with Dave Black and Dave Black Promotions, and she did a great job. She got some really, really great pictures. But I actually had a conversation with her on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, because um, I wanted to give her some professional advice. Not that I am a, like anyone that people have to listen to, but I've been around a block or two. So I offered it up to her, and I said, hey, can I just give you a professional critique? Is that cool? Is that okay? And I said, like, don't take anything personally. I'm just trying to give you some information that I'm thinking you might, you could use. And she was like, sure, that'd be great, actually. And it was about this one particular picture. We were up on stage, and the only person, uh, the only other person in the picture was G, who was standing front and center in in the stage. No single other living person was in the frame, which is funny because I know exactly where she took the picture from because she was standing in a line of pictures, a line of people about two feet from the stage. It was the exact same group of people that I asked to take a giant step forward right after we finished easy but what it did it was a giant picture of us with one person in the audience and i was like you've got to be kidding me you've got to realize that this is not like and i said and i said like no band will ever 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 use that picture it is the most embarrassing and honestly people just looking at it it's embarrassing to us i did stop short of asking her to take it down because i didn't want to be offensive because i did appreciate that she was taking the pictures and she was trying but that's the difference between somebody like that's just starting out because they don't necessarily know like if i had Kristen tully take that picture or even veronica for that matter like veronica knows better than that like that's not how you frame a band like and it just but it's just it's so obvious like and now I'm, like, even more annoyed that people are talking shit about, like, you know, why wasn't everybody up front? Like, now I might actually have to share that picture. It's like, oh, it's so good to see you up front. Or you were busy out back just talking smack about how nobody was up front. Like, what the fuck are we even doing here? Like, if there's anybody, like, what was that Jesus thing? Anybody without sin can cast the first stone. So if there's anybody out there that, like, has done this all perfectly, like, let me hear you. But it's probably... It's always a no. Yeah, Jimmy Wright again. <laughs> it's always so funny when I'm, like, super mad at something, and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything. And then I say something, and it's like, then I just say too much. You know what I, you know what I should say? It's always a no. 100%. You know what I want to say right now, though? I want to give a huge shout-out to Taking Back Sunday for making a shirt that still fucking fits me. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Hey, everybody. Um, sorry, I was just reading through the chat. Yeah, good to see you in there, Bill. Um, yeah, I just want to... Yeah, I just want to clarify like what I was saying. Like, I'm not... I'm actually, I don't actually have a particular problem with Mickey himself. Like I told him, I thought he had a good set and I was respectful when we were passing each other like on, on stage. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is like different groups have different 
strong suits and like you know all that other stuff. And I have never seen a teenage or young twenty-something based band that didn't flood the room with seventeen to twenty-five-year-old people because that's that's like the, that's how it works, right? Like when it's funny, like when I've talked to younger bands and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, well, we bring like a hundred people, so yeah, because you guys have absolutely nothing to do with your time. Like, and and I don't mean that as a slam, even remotely. I'm just pointing it out. Like, because I've been, I've been doing that. I figured this out, by the way. Like, you want to hear something that's going to, like, fuck you up a little bit? Because it certainly fucked me up a lot. I started G. Davey in 2002. Now, it took a lot of roads and twists and turns before, like, we were doing anything, like, for realsies. But that first G. Davey demo, the first one, with uh, Hoping to Find and Invisible on it, like... That was 2002, which means I've been doing this straight for 20 years, which makes me the oldest fucking dude on earth. It also means I remember what it's like to have very young friends that haven't started families yet or haven't gotten married yet or work nine to five and need stuff to do. Like those people come out because there's literally nothing else to do. Like you find things for people to do. Like that's just what that is. So if you're telling me you're a 20 year old band and you're just flooding, you know, places like East Coast Collective with 20 year old kids, like, dude, that is a no fucking brainer. Like everybody should be able to do that. Like, in fact, if you can't do that, that's something wrong. I take my old ass and I start flooding it with 17, 18 year olds, call the goddamn police, basically. <laughs> My point is, is that the behavior on and off stage, uh, off stage is really the bigger issue. Uh, and also, like, I, I thanked everybody for playing. I know Jimmy thanked everybody for playing. Uh, I think, I mean, I know G thanked us and Craving at least because I remember uh, cocktail partying affecting my ears and saying something or hearing something said about Rebel 9, which is basically my job whenever I'm in a venue like that. Uh, I didn't hear anything out of Mark DiCarlo or Mickey Licks or anybody about, you know, about us. And that's honestly, that's just that's disrespectful like it just is and it's it's behavior more um more apropos more appropriate for a headliner and if you want to be the headliner then be the headliner like honestly the night would have been better for me personally if they had headlined because i love van halen i love old 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 van halen, ancient van halen i love it and i would be very happy to sit there and just sing it you know but i, I can't i mean granted i probably wouldn't have done it that night anyway but like I don't know. Why is my fucking phone ringing again? Like, seriously, what is actually happening? But anyway, I should handle i got to figure out a better way to handle the phone thing. Like, make a note. Team, team box, where are you? Make a note. Fix, f- figure out how to fix that. Out. And uh, I'll just, I don't know. I was going to say something, but now I'm distracted. You can thank, it looks like Farmingdale Spam for ruining this moment for you. I wouldn't go to Farmingdale Spam. Probably one of those new hipster restaurants. Uh, so my point was actually what I was saying is like, first of all, they didn't get their stuff off stage fast enough. Like that's that that just bothers me. But I also knew that was coming. <laughs> like I I could just tell because every single band I've ever been in where the dads run everything, dads move you know they move slower than they should and they move slower than they remember when they were doing. It. And that's not like really a slam. I'm just sort of saying it that I've been around long enough. Like I he didn't even get his light box off stage until we were just about ready to perform. And I'm able to just move around that because I don't care. And what happened is we actually had an amazingly 
gifted and attentive sound guy. Dude, Brandon at A9 North, giving that dude a shout out. Because like, he was awesome. And he had shit up and running like really fast. Like he even went and monitored the drum monitor himself because my drummer was busy. Like I've, I, I've seen a lot. I've very rarely seen that. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, there's there's basic things. Like I got to watch the drummer and his parents like walk out and leave for the night in the middle of my set. One of my personal favorite things. I mean, granted, it distracted me from the incredible shine that was on Monty's head that night. What is going on there, man? Are we going to need to get a screen or something? I don't know where exactly he was standing, but it was like, you know, when you reflect something like off your watch or something silver, like it kept doing it to me. And I was having the most fun. Like, where's Monty? Oh, there he is. There, I found Monty. I don't know. It was like a sheen of shine. And I was just so grateful that the other bald guy, Tony, was like on my right. So at least I knew where he was and he wasn't going to be dis- distracting me at all. But anyway. I just, I didn't, I didn't like the whole operation. I really, I just don't. And again, like, the whole thing was billed as, like, we're going to bring this big original music night back to 89 North. Like, we're going to try and, like, let's do this. Let's, like, make this happen. And, and, like, we didn't, right? Like, because there were a couple of original, a few original acts, but not all. And, like, I thought we were all on the same page here. And that just is, that just speaks to what I'm talking about. Like, if we're all working to make something better, we're all working to make something better. And now, totally, do you want the truth be told and, like, all disclaimers aside, like, the best part about all of this is I have absolutely no footing to stand on because as a band, Rebel 9 drew, like, absolute dog shit that night. Absolute dog shit. I don't know what they were doing with the door, but I believe they were just pulling, which means, like, they're who are you here to see. Now, I would expect that anybody that would normally split between us and Craving would say Craving because it's their night. And so, like, that was totally expected. But I have to tell you, man, I don't know that I've drawn that poorly ever. We drew better to Stereo Garden for Osmosis than we did for Craving. And that's embarrassing. Like, it just, it just is. And I don't have any leg to stand on when I complain about what other bands do and don't do. I'm just telling you from my humble, over-informed opinion, like, that's the stuff that I didn't like. And that's the stuff that I don't, I don't really need to include with me anymore. There's, as we play less and less shows, I can be more and more selective about who we play with. Yeah, I will play with Craving anywhere, anytime they ask because they're super professional. I don't even remember there being much of an issue other than, like, getting Alex the fuck out of the way sometimes. Am I right, Alex? <laughs> Kidding. Jenna's Alex, who always helps with all the bands. He's super, he's like, do you need any help at all? Like, I'm like, no, I'm good. So he was helping Craving and stuff like that, which is awesome. But it's so funny because he's like so not a musician, even though he's been helping that band for 10 years. He's so not a musician because no matter where I turn, there is he's standing exactly where I need to go. And that's just something I think musicians instinctively know. But I thank you for your service, good sir. And we always appreciate that. But I'll play with them anywhere, anytime, for tour. Uh, I'll play with Neon Skyline. It's nice to have Joey back in the fold. Like, I know Joey got it and then didn't get it for years, and now he seems to get it again. I'll play with Jackknife. I'll play with, uh, you know, um, I'll play with um, Something Heavy or whatever Mike Mikey's project's going to work on. Of course, I'll play with Pathmaker, Roderick, all those guys. Like, any band that gets it and knows how to do this job, like, I'm fine with. Like, I am totally want to bring like a feral fire back into the mix and see what happens because i've never actually played with those guys but you know we'll see it's not really my call believe me it's not my call and then um uh, coheed and cambria released a whole new record and that had nothing to do with me either but i'm going to take full credit for it anyway 
because obviously without their consistent place here in the box, they would probably just fold up because it's not really worth bothering. But yet, here we are. Uh, newest single off it called Beautiful Losers. Got it for you right now on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Speaking of new music, did anyone else know that uh, Nothing More put out new music? It's always a no! Yeah, me neither, but here it is. It's Spirit. It's badass. It's on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, Older in the Oceans. Another Long Island band that just could not keep their shit together. What a surprise that almost never happened. I was surprised to see that, um, oh shit, what was that band? I was playing Great South Bay. Um, younger band. They were like, uh, what was that? The, they were one of the Blacklist Collective bands. That were, remember how tight that group of bands was until like one dude said something like really like transphobic and then they're like, we are not doing anymore, but yeah, you're a real tight scene. Yeah. <laughs> It was the, I think it was the band that was always like wanted to be Green Day or Blink-182, and I just can't remember the last, their name. But yeah, I was surprised to even see they were still together, so good for them. Like, that's, that's cool. And I actually like them. Like, I like their music. I don't know them personally, but I just... Uh, no, not Oogie Wawa. Stop shouting shit out. No, um... Yeah, Oogie Wawa is still together. I mean, Christ, they've been... Jesse's got to be like my age at this point. Um been doing this a long time um what the f- i can't even remember the name of the song scare 20 yeah them yep that's them yeah super surprised to see they were still together good good for them i don't know if they've done anything anybody know if they've done anything good lately or uh yeah i don't care uh, i mean yes that's fine his name is andrew i just i don't know them we've never done a show together uh they've certainly never spent any time yeah, man, if you say so. I mean, I've, I know I've asked them to do... I used to ask them to do some of the unplugs, and they were like, no, no, we're too big. And, uh, yeah, but whatever. So, uh, listen, I pulled this song for your, for you guys last week and just never got to it. I don't even remember the why. I don't even really remember the why I thought to pull it. Um, but I kind of want to play it now. It's a long song. That's okay. Um... Yeah, Scare 20, they might be great guys, but they have not, you know, wanted to reach outside their little circle, so I guess they can just keep doing what they're doing, and all the exposure they get for playing on the Great South, Great South Bay Music Festival, which has launched exactly zero careers. Uh, so anyway, so I pulled this song. It's, I don't even remember, I, I, I looked it up to see what date it was. It's it definitely 80s, possibly 90s. Um... But what I like about it, and what I was thinking about it, because every now and then I go through these like these rabbit holes, and it's like I really do love songs that sort of span. I don't know. It's more like theater, right? Like more like a musical. Like I don't know. I want to say like Russia's Twenty One Twelve is like an example, but that's like a really bad example. Uh, and even like the rock operas, like Tommy and Mindcrime, like aren't quite that. Like this is like a song. Like Queen would do this. Like where it just the song just takes you on this full journey. Uh, oh, I know what it was. I was listening to Dream Theater. By the way, like John Petrucci is going on a solo tour with Mike Portnoy, which I swear to God, if you had asked me if anything was coming, that would probably be least on the list, except for that Pantera is apparently touring again, which I. How do you? 
How do you tour as Pantera without the two people that made it Pantera? I mean, like, Phil Anselmo is great. Don't get me wrong. He's shit without the, you know, uh, without Dimebag and, and Vinnie Paul. Like, I just... I'm going to do some more research and I'll find out. That just blew my mind today. But, but also the John Perducci doesn't surprise me he's going on tour solo. But the fact that he would he would bring Mike Portnoy on drums with him, like, I, 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 like I don't know why they won't let him back in Dream Theater, or maybe he doesn't want to come back anymore. But I know the deal with Portnoy is that he was like, all right, it's been like 20 years straight. Uh, I want to take just a little bit of a break. Can we take like a year off, or whatever? And they were like, no, and they kicked him out of the band. I was like, that was that was a bad move. If I had a drummer like that level, I'd be like, dude, you want to take 400 years off? Like, I'm fine with it. Um, if we get called for the Super Bowl, like, all right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, like, I like songs like that that just sort of take you on this musical journey. And I realized, like, I don't really write that anymore. I used to. I used to write songs like that that actually had, like, progressions and changes. And, like, the, the end of the song was ir- irrecognizable from the beginning. And... It was fun. It was cool to write. And I just, I guess as I trimmed up my writing, kind of learned how to write more for, I guess, the human condition, I stopped doing that. Because the last time I did something like that was on a Supper Fool record. And by my calculations, I was four years old when that came out. So it's been a while. But anyway, so this particular song from this particular band was always one that sort of stuck with me because I really, really, really liked it. Uh, and even though the band, the band is called Sabotage, uh, would go on to really do nothing much else major after this particular record, they would transform into something that probably most people are familiar with. If you've ever heard of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and probably one of the world's largest grossing concert tours, that's them. Sabotage stopped doing what they were doing here, and they started writing basically musicals and ballets and kind of stuff for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Their famous Christmas show is, generally speaking, one of the largest grossing shows every year. Not every now and then. Every single year. And if you've never seen it, like, you should see it. They live-streamed it a couple years ago and actually had I had Charlotte watch it as part of one of her assignments for chorus during COVID. It's long story, but like we actually got the live stream tickets and we watch it. It's really, really, really impressive. And they are just an incredible group of, of musicians and, and have the other, other people kind of step in and sing. When I was playing uh, Chameleon a few years ago and we were playing a few shows with that band, Chloe Lowry is the singer for that band and is one of the main singers for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Like They are a they are a big operation and they are super, super talented. And I kind of like was just thinking that and I listened to the song and I liked it basically as much as I did back when it was on cassette tape and I thought I'd grab it for you so sit back, grab an iced tea Long Island it up if you want and uh, check out Gutter Ballet from 1980 on the box Hard Rock Lunch Box Yeah I know what you're thinking Uh that sound definitely means only one thing. It is indeed time for the weekly craving of the week. Is it not? And I know what you're thinking. The craving has a new single out called Always a No, which, by the way, was fantastic live. Like, there's so much, there's so much cool shit in it. <laughs> like, like, hello. I, I don't even know that I'm disclosing something I shouldn't because I feel like he said it publicly. But like when when Craving went in to work on the last batch and the new batch of stuff, like their plan really was to like push 
these songs in their specific direction, like to really embrace the exact opposite of making a record. Right? When you make a record, you bring in everything, elements and stuff like that. It should be similar. It should be should be common, right? That's what makes a record. Um, but they just wanted to go the complete opposite way. Every single is its own entity, is its own record. And I, that has freed, and I've talked to Jimmy a few times during the course of the year and change they've been doing it, and I know that it's freed them up to really do really different shit, which is awesome. Like, it really is. And that's why we get stuff like... I mean, dude, like, that is just so bananas. And if you had asked me two years ago if Craving Strange was going to put out a song that sounded like that, I mean, like, it sounds like it was once a Craving Strange song. <laughs> and then they got a couple of the, you know, BGs involved and, like, Somebody watched a little too much Saturday Night Fever, if there is such a thing, and really just brought it into its own space, which I think is just amazing. And actually, it kind of excites me for the path forward, because we're going to be doing singles, and we're done with records, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't feel like I have that kind of vision, so I don't know how far I can actually push that, but like, I really, I really don't know what the future holds, and that's like a little exciting and exhilarating and refreshing, for sure, because... I'm definitely getting a little tired of the same old, same old, but that's, that's, that's really me. But instead of playing the new single, I, you might not know this, but I have an agenda. I know, I can't believe it either. <laughs> Let me just turn this down so I've over-talked my welcome. Um, I made reference to it before, what a, just a fabulous and fantastic performance uh, Craven gave on Friday night, and certainly one of the highlights was really the breakdown of say it all because it has a really nice breakdown in it it's a good breakdown all by itself anyway uh and i remember the first time i heard it and i was like this is gonna be baller on stage and it was just i don't want to say that i was right but i was right and uh, how often am i right it's always a no. right but every now and again every now and again i surprise even the most skeptic of people and can be right because Jimmy just sank into it and the band just rested into it and just let that happen and let the audience appreciate that moment. And that is totally awesome. And those are the kinds of things that when you see them live in big concerts and middle concerts and you know, small concerts and stuff like that, that is the shit that sticks with you. That is exactly the apple pie that you go to grandma's for if you're into that sort of thing like that is the moment that people walk away with and that's why that stuff exists and that's why it's important and i could probably tell you a lot more about the show if i took the time but like the one thing that pops up like hey what's craving friday night they did this awesome thing in the middle of the at all and i thought it was just really really good and i'm not i'm actually not encouraging them to do it more often because i feel very close to the idea of like yeah we were there for something magical and i've done that shit where i've only done stuff once because i think it's important to do it the one time and whoever was there to behold it was there to behold it like that's cool and maybe they'll do it again maybe they won't but i really doubt they'll capture as much magic as they did on friday so fuck it it's my show and it's my weekly craving of the week and it's say it all Yeah. 
Craving's next show is scheduled. Ours is currently scheduled for October. We've got two shows in October, one here, one in Granton, Pennsylvania. Uh, so that's kind of it for us. I will uh, absolutely be taking other shows, certainly into the fall. Uh, but we are actually going to start working, probably recording soon. Uh, we've got a handful of songs. Oh, by the way, uh, thank you for everybody that actually took uh, took the time to tell us like what they thought of the new song. Uh, that we we tried the new song out, Aaliyah. We played it on Friday and Saturday, and people seem to really dig it. Uh, it's actually got a part in it that I specifically wrote for the audience. So once we kind of flesh it out a little bit more, I will let you know, and that'll be the part that you guys get to sing because that's always fun. Um, but yeah, I'm glad people liked it, and it seems like that's going to be like kind of 
uh, one of the songs on the top of the heap when we uh, when we start working in the falls. But uh, like I said, it was super important for us to get to it and get a reaction because you guys could have just as easily been like, well, that song sucks, never played again. And then I would have just dropped it or fixed it or shelved it or whatever it did. Like, Because shelving songs is definitely something that happens. I was actually just talking about how we had done that with Central Park West back when it was still called Surrender. We played it. The audience did not like it. And we tossed it on the shelf for a little while. We reworked it a few times until we got the final version that would end up being on uh, Do No Harm. So there's no shame in that. I don't mind putting in the work, but I do appreciate the feedback. So thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, more information on Rebel 9 Folly uh, as we go. And then, of course, you've got you know other bands doing other things. So uh, always send me information when you get it. I appreciate that. And of course, requests. Uh, we'll get to them kind of whenever we can. Thank you to everybody joining us in the chat. I don't know why I pulled this song to close today. I honestly just felt like freaking hearing it. It's fun. It's stupid. Let's all sing it together and enjoy the rest of our week. And I'll see you next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.